Hi, and welcome to episode 268 of No Crying in Baseball, the Jack Daniels at Noon Nap at Two episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth, guess what I did today? I, I couldn't imagine. What did you do today? You were there. I you was, were there for part of it. Yeah. We are, it's part of our mom gang went out this morning, and we decided that um, we're going to work Sunday late mornings drinking into our regular rotation because it's kind of hard to get together after work some days or like on a weekend night but it turns out like you know 11 a.m on a sunday was good for lots of us and we started with coffee yep and then one of our mom gang friends noted that there was a cocktail um that had jack daniels and warm cider and cardamom and pumpkin syrup and it just seemed like brunch yep and it was not only brunch, but it also led to a mid-afternoon nap in my case. But it was very <laughs> delicious. It was very delicious. That, you know, I can endorse Jack Daniels at, at any time of the day, really. I think it's one of those round-the-clock kind of drinks. Can, can we share your, um, your roller derby name? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Sort of, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. at one point, um, Potty Mouth was, was caving to peer pressure, but also mm-hmm. was pretty self-motivated to think about trying out for the local roller derby team. So as, as the namer of all things, I, I, I did give Potty Mouth her roller derby name, which was Smack Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. And and I really lived up to that by smacking myself on the butt when I fell at the <laughs> roller derby. Over. And that was, that was the end of my career. But I did, you know, I hung in there for a while. I was there for several weeks. And I, I learned really fun things like little jumps and turns and stuff. And maybe I'll do it again someday. I don't know. Cross Mr. training with Smack Daniels. Yeah. Mr. Potty Mouth was not a fan of me doing the roller derby. Can't imagine why. No, no. It's yeah. like with your your record of like injury, of, of back injuries and whatnot. Yeah, I can I can yeah. see that. But I I was really proud of you for 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 giving it a giving it a go. It was fun. Yes, yes. On today's show, we've got the hot stove featuring boyfriends and starting pitchers. We've got winter meetings starting this week, including the draft lottery, which is kind of new, and a focus on women in baseball. We've got some changes to talk about in the MLBPA. That's the players' union. As always, we've got international baseball and a home for the Tampa Bay Rays, maybe? Cheers. Cheers. We are going to start talking about our baseball boyfriends. These are the guys that we are starting to pick. Is it next week? Next week. Holy shit. Next week. I am not prepared. Nationals and A's. Oof. Well, for for however many years we've been doing this podcast, which is a whole bunch, Patty and I have been picking baseball boyfriends. We each pick one guy per team because they're cool. There's something fun to talk about. You'll find out when you listen next week and you hear our picks for the Nationals and the A's. But the guys that we've picked previously, we like to check in on. And especially now that trades are happening and probably a shit ton more has happened by the time you hear us. You know, there's always that right when we stop recording, the thing drops and, you know, there's going to be that thing. But there were a couple other things before we started recording. So we're going to talk about those things. And one is a fully boyfriend trade. So we like to pride ourselves on having guys of value, right? And actually, these these guys are all underperformed last year. But, you know, there's a swap to be had. So Colton Wong, I had picked in 2020 when he was on the Cardinals. And I, I went back, actually, to see what I had written about him. Because, because of course, my memory of a, of a as a steel trap didn't recall, recall very much at all. And he had spoken at that time of his desire to spend his career with the Cardinals. And we are talking about him being traded from the Brewers to the Mariners. So there's no Cardinals involved there. So sometimes, you know, 
things, dreams do not come true. Um, he is a former Gold Glover two times. He didn't have the strongest year last year, but him plus some money is going from the Brewers to the Mariners. So that's my guy with cash in exchange for two of Patty's guys. So this is a fully boyfriend trade. So if you want to hear about any of these guys, just like go back into our archives. Jesse Winker. And also, notably, none of these boyfriends were picked from the teams that they're actually on right now, nor the teams. So Patty picked Jesse Winker as an outfielder in 21 with the Reds. And Abraham Toro as sort of a premature pick when he was with the Astros in 20 infielder. And we're still waiting for him to... um, come out of his shell so to speak he's he's somebody who's been looked at you for a while especially I mean Patty found him as this as somebody with a lot of potential and they're just waiting for it to come out not so far so we'll see you know we'll see how he does when he's when he's with the Brewers and Jesse Winker had a great before last year but a not so great last year yeah Jesse Winker um we reported on this past season is kind of famous for flipping off the fans oh, mm, at one point, mm. and um, Abigail, the little, little girl, was there to see that's, her friends from the Reds, and her mom had to say that sometimes, honey, people have very strong feelings. Yeah, that's, yeah there was that. And Abraham Toro was notable at the time I picked him because he made a spectacular out, which helped um, Verlander get his no-hitter. Yeah. that I'm trying to, like... Where the fuck is Toro? I believe yeah, is the quote. That, that, I knew there was, like, yeah, some line that had to do something. with Toro. Yeah. That is... Uh, remarkable so we'll see what happens he's the only one who's going to be under club control for for long he's under control until 26 everybody else it's just their last year yep so we'll see one boyfriend that i get to say hi to hopefully on a regular basis is jamer candelario who i had picked oh shit i didn't write down what year but i had picked from the tigers when he was on the tigers um he was non-tendered by the tigers another guy who had been doing excellently bef- excellently is that a word very Maybe well it is. yeah he was doing very well super duper he was doing before last year and <laughs> super then duper he, he was, was doing he was and then last year <laughs> he did a little bit of like what do you call that it's 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 like dyslexia for numbers um there is a word for that and it's really an obvious one, and it's not coming to my brain. But in in 21, he was batting 271, and in 22, it was 217. So oh, we just yeah. need to iron that out a little bit. We've got him here in D.C. for a year for $5 million, and he could get a million more if he does good stuff. Um, I did go back and look at what I loved about him when I picked him, and it wasn't just his prowess on the field, but also he was super active in the charities in Detroit, especially giving back to kids in the community. So I think he will fit right in here in D.C. with with the Nats philanthropy and stuff. Um, I'm happy that he's going to be here with my other former boyfriend, Idamaro Vargas, and something to look forward to for the Nats. If you want to see Jamer Candelario ahorita, right now, he just debuted this past week with the Toros del Este, which is the lead-on Dominican team that he's been playing with for a few years. I'm trying not to hold that against him because it's my least favorite Dominican team. But, you know, I, if I get to watch him play a little bit in the next few weeks, I can't, I can't complain. It's, it's all, all good. good. It's it really good. is. He said that the, the big flashy acquisitions mm-hmm. and trades and things that have been happening um, the past week or so, in this case, are their, their free agent signings are for starting pitchers. Uh, the first one was uh, the Rangers. So um, Jacob DeGrom went to the Rangers for five years for $37 million annually annually, mm-hmm. which is the second most in annual payout in MLB history. So that's 
big and also notably that amount the total amount of the of the contract uh-huh. is about 65 million dollars more than the Mets offered him which I believe when we were highlight when this was highlighted to us I hmm. said that's so Mets yep <laughs> that's yeah so Mets. well the other thing is the Net- Mets didn't offer five years right I think that the Rangers five I think that was the the clincher for him that he's employed for five years when and you get older you want the longer you want yeah well and he's been super super injured I mean he didn't play much last year and he's been he's been um you know kind of not reliable for a mm-hmm. while so who knows what kind of, I mean I hope that the Rangers get a return on their money yeah. because it's the Rangers and it would be nice to see them do something fun this year but I don't it's a big it's a risk it's a risk and also this so this is really interesting to me that these these starting pitcher free agent signings are so large for guys who are a mm. little bit risky we haven't gotten yeah. to the Verlander you know, he's not been signed yet. That's going to be the big one. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, they've been talking about being Scherzer numbers, but you get in trouble by saying that if you are part of the team because you mm-hmm. can't talk about those things. But the Rays, for instance, had their biggest free agent signing in franchise history, which for, which was for Zach Eflin for three years and $40 million. And his, uh-huh. his ERA was like 4.2-something. Wow. So, I mean, like he's a decent pitcher right but to set records for your team is really quite stunning so i think that the market for starting pitchers is really quite skewed yeah yeah there's a lot of teams who need them i know my dad's talking to me daily about lamenting the red sox lack of action on starting pitching i'm sure um a quick uh boyfriend report a potty mouse boyfriend um jose abreu um who's almost 36 i think he turns 36 next week just went to the Astros for a one-year contract for a $58.5 million. And there's questions about that, too, because, you know, he's an old guy. Yeah, well, he – and that pops another old guy off first base, right? Yuli Gurriel was on first, so that pops him off there. So there's the question of what's going to happen with him, or maybe there's some DH stuff going on. I don't know, but the – Or the, some platooning. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I mean, the Astros, you know, they're they're a good team. They're, and they, I, I, I've this, heard that about them. And yeah, putting sure. in a former MVP – on first base, you know, yeah. it might be who's slightly younger than their older first baseman that they already had. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, talking about old guys. Old guys. I love old guys. Some <laughs> of our best friends are old guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers to the old guys. <laughs> Miguel Cabrera, former boyfriend of mine, has announced, not surprising anybody, that he is going to be retiring after 2023. And, of course, a big emotional thing that he doesn't really want to leave baseball and he's trying to, you know – put feelers out there about what he wants to do to stay in. He actually uh, did a little Instagram shout out to a team in Venezuela. Shit, I wish I remembered which one it was. I think it was the Tiburones basically saying, who do I have to talk to to buy the team? Like, oh. like I'm going to have some time on my hands. I'd like to well, own a team. Okay. <laughs> right. Like, I want to own this team in particular. Yeah, so somebody give me a call. And Let me may, know what to do. You may know that I have money. I'm yeah. good for it. I, I think I think he's probably, yeah. I th- That would be good for everybody. I hope somebody sells him the Venezuelan team. Uh, this was his last year of his contract extension. So if, for him to stay longer would have been a tough situation anyway. Th- he's been in 20 years. So That's he played stunning. five with the Marlins, 15 with the Tigers. Over those 20 years, 3,088 hits, 507 home runs, 607 doubles. And so he's one of, I think, three players to have that over 3,000, over 500, over 600 doubles, um, plus 1,847 RBI, 
308 lifetime average, 908 OPS. Wait, wait, 12. Stop. 308 average over 20 years Isn't is that crazy? stunning. That's stunning. That's that's, that's some exceptional math right there. 12 time All Star and two time MVP. So destined for the Hall of Fame, he hasn't been um, official yet. He said he wants to play for Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic. I can't imagine them not taking him. I'm sorry. No, thank you, Miggy. Right. What? <laughs> They'll take him. Right. So if that's not enough to say that Miggy's just a great guy and a great boyfriend, first of all, there's the QHAR. He, he also had a little shout-out Instagram recently to the Venezuelan uh, League, just sort of saying, hi, I support you. And he had, like, perfectly – it quaffed is that the word? Quaffed is the quaffed. word. Quaffed. His hair was quaffed. He had like it was very two little tight braids down mm-hmm. down the back, and it was it was just very well set. It was impressive, Qhar. Okay. I think impressive, Qhar. There were comments sort of both ways. One of one of the comments that I saw was that he looks like his aunt, but I don't know. I thought that the braids were lovely. Also. Miggy gives back. Miguel Cabrera Foundation just this past week had a big gala. Um, what do you call this? Fundraisers, getting funds. Uh, the foundation had been started to renovate ball fields in Miami and Detroit, both where he played and Venezuela, but has grown as his funding and, and outreach has, has grown and now is giving college scholarships to kids in Detroit. Nice. So he, the quote that just like gave me all the, the boyfriend feels was, he said, I always say it's not only about playing baseball, it's also about giving back to the community. He must be listening to our show. He also said, I don't want to hear, oh, he came here to Detroit or Miami to play baseball only. I want people to remember he came to play baseball and he helped the community too. So cheers to Miggy. Cheers to Miggy. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to actually clink yeah, on that clink because on that. That, that's what a some guy. really great boyfriend cred right mm-hmm. there that's exactly what we want to see and hopefully he is inspiring other players to yes. to follow in that tradition of not just playing their yep. heart out for their team but also giving back to the community where they live and where they're from mm-hmm. all right so the winter meetings just started um, we're recording on sunday they started i guess today huh yeah it's december 4th Oof. and they go through the 7th in san diego where it's warmer than it is here, that's for sure. As we noted, I think last week, this is the first in-person winter meeting since 2019. They didn't do it in 2020 because nothing happened in 2020 in person. And in 2021, they didn't happen in person because of the owner-initiated lockout. So they're back. They're back. They're all hanging out in the hotel and, you know, in, you know, and like nudging each other and like having drinks and saying, hey, what about that judge guy and stuff like that? So yeah, things I'm are happening sure in person. sure that conversation's happening. And I got to believe a lot more of that. It's, it's much easier to have that happen in person yeah. where you can bump into people you can pull people aside rather than having to initiate a call or a text or whatever other communication that's not in person so there's um, questions like the the two things hot stove related that need to shake loose are Aaron Judge which right now sounds like Yankees or Giants I'm thinking Yankees are going to wrap them up I don't know but that's that's the big one and a lot of people are saying once he falls things will trickle down but I don't know if that's that important I think Aaron Judge is a one-off yeah. I think once the first big name shortstop falls, yeah, that's going to be because the, there's like five in the right. top ten prospects. So I think so shaking loose the Aaron Judge um, signing and the shortstop signings may happen. There's a lot of hope that these that, that this will really kick the hot stove into high gear. There have been like you know as we've been announcing a couple of trades, a couple of signings here and there, but I think things will really start happening this week or immediately after this week. There's a couple of more. Um, events during the winter meetings that are official events. And one is the draft 
lottery, which is happening Tuesday night. And this comes out of the most recent collective bargaining agreement. Um, remember, one of the things that the union wanted to do was to prevent tanking, to like mm-hmm. make to disincentivize tanking. You can't prevent it altogether, but you can make it less attractive to tank on purpose. In the past, if you tanked on purpose, you ended in last place, you got the first draft pick, yeah. um, which clearly there are teams that have, have, done, have, have you know, really capitalized <laughs> yep. on that by doing that a couple years in a row. So, but now there's a lottery. Here's how that works. This is going to happen on Tuesday night, and it's going to determine the order for the 2023 huh. draft. So the 18 teams that didn't make the playoffs will enter a lottery to figure out like the top six uh, selections in the draft. So it's not necessarily huh. going to be it's the Oakland A's and the Washington Nationals getting you know the first and the second round draft picks. They're in the mix. So there are like hmm. s- several teams. Might. So That's good. The 18 teams that didn't make the playoffs are going to be the first 18 picks for sure. There's also uh, an order for the rest of them. The teams that did make the playoffs, which okay. were, of course, expanded playoffs, those will <laughs> those will happen with um, the teams that made the postseason that will, are going to choose in this order. The wild card loser, losers, right. then the division series losers, then the championship series losers, then the World Series loser, and then the World Series winner. Can't we call them non-winners? Loser is just such a loaded term. You just term. hope everybody has a good time. <laughs> I, just, I, I feel know. bad calling people losers. Um, yeah, they tried hard. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. you can call them that. But in the in the right. eye of the CBA, yeah. it's the wild card loser followed okay. <laughs> by the division series loser oh, and all that. So that's so Tuesday, and then um, on Wednesday will be the Rule Five draft, which we talked about last week so you can refer back there if you're not sure what's happening with the rule five draft and so many other things happen at the winter meetings other things that are happening at the winter meetings the take the field program for the fourth year is happening right now also the beginning of the winter meeting two-day program geared toward women working in baseball with the the goal of getting more women all over baseball um and it's and it's already made a huge impact and if you've been following us for the past couple of years you've know that noticed that we've been talking more and more about women getting higher level jobs in baseball and that was not happening before take the field so if you think back before 2018 there were not women coaching there were not women managing and since then, almost 40 women have been hired at high-level jobs within baseball. For example, Alyssa Nakin, who we've talked about before from the Giants, coach of the Giants. She participated in 2018. She was hired in 2020 as a coach. Bianca Smith, we talked about before for the Red Sox, who's a coach in, the, in Florida, participated in 2018, hired as a coach in 2021. So it works if you have programs geared toward people to give them opportunities to level that playing field where people didn't have opportunities before, you're going to see some action. Of course, Kim Ang, the 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 queen of all, <laughs> you know, our, our uh, what do you call it? Patron saint, right? The patron saint from the yeah, islands. Yeah, gave the keynote. Um, there was some, some news about women a woman getting a high level position in baseball marty ronsky did i say that right looks right it looks right ronsky is now the coo for the brewers brewers the chief operating officer the only woman who is a chief operating officer in mlb and the article that we'll link is really sweet because she she talked about how just last week she was looking at the nose that we talked about last week with caroline o'connor becoming president of business operations for the marlins and thinking like 
huh, stuff is possible. And then boom, she gets uh, she gets named a COO. She's been with the Brewers for many years. I didn't write down how many, but it's been a bunch. She's been a lawyer, you know, lawyer jobs with baseball teams. People need to consider, <clears throat> consider those things. But she's been a lawyer with the Brewers for a very long time. So congratulations to Marty and to all these women who are going to be coming along as well. Very cool. Congratulations. Um, the MLBPA, which is the um, Players Union, which used to just represent major league players, but now also represents minor league players, um, just extended Tony Clark, who's been the executive director for quite a while now. They extended his contract mm. until 2027. Um, he, you know, successfully negotiated the the He's last CBA, and the yeah. next C- the next contract expires in 2026. So his extension will cover the next contract as well. Wow. Um, so that's big news for him. They're they're big fans. Um, What's more interesting to me a little bit is the executive committee, because that's made up of players. Um, huh. So there's been a, an election. The, the executive committee is a two-year stint, right? So the new players were voted on to the executive committee, which is an eight-player committee. Mm-hmm. Um, the new ones are Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals, Lance McCullers Jr. of the Astros, Sparkles. Ian Happ of the Cubs, boyfriend. Yeah, we um, get coffee. Austin Slater of the Giants, Lucas Giolito of the White Sox, and Brent Suter of the Rockies. The holdovers from the previous subcommittee are Francisco Lindor from the Mets and uh, Marcus Simeon of the Rangers. A lot of boyfriends yeah. there. Um, also a lot of pitchers, which we have noted before, and we made jokes about pitchers <laughs> being super were smart. I don't know. So the guys who are no longer on the executive committee are Max Scherzer, Andrew Miller, Zach Britton, Garrett Cole, James Paxton, speaking of, say, pitchers, and Jason yeah. Castro. Um, so the the role of this executive committee is to work with the senior staff of the MLBPA, work with Tony Clark and his his okay. his deputies and all of that. Um, they do a lot of the negotiating. They, they review the CBAs. They, they create proposals. Um, and they each get a vote in addition to the 30 player rep votes, you know, the one player rep from each team. And if you remember, the CBA that's now in effect was unanimously voted down by the executive committee, but they were overridden by the player reps who voted for the CBA. So I believe several of those executive committee members were like, well, <laughs> thank you, but no thank you. You didn't listen to me. Hmm. Um, in fact, I know Max Scherzer for sure stepped down immediately after that happened. Um, so I'm finding that kind of interesting. So we'll see. Again, it seems very pitcher heavy. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, Ian Happ has been very um, union, very, very pro-union for a long time. Um, he talks about how important that is to him as as the player rep. And now he's on the executive executive committee, which is really pretty cool. Um, so yay for that. Yeah. It's, it's such, I don't know, it, it's such a good sign for these guys to be, to be doing this. And I'm wondering what the average age here. These are definitely guys who have been around for a while. Yeah, Ian Happ less so, but a lot of those pitchers have been there for a yeah. bit. I kind of think there's a certain point where you start reaching the give backstage. Yeah. Um, and you're laying the groundwork for the guys that are going to follow you. Um, I don't know what that means for age so much, yeah. but th- there's a lot. Of, there was talk about that in the last CBA. It's like this isn't really going to change how. Yeah, I function me with my giant free agency contract, right. but it's for the guys that are coming up. Power to them. Yeah, 
Okay, wait, one more thing I forgot yeah. to put that in there was I still haven't seen any more news about the minor league negotiations. So uh, I'm keeping my eye out for that. Last I heard, there were very initial proposals that were submitted, but I have seen no progress. Hmm. So as I'm going into international baseball, this just in hot off the presses from Junior Potty Mouth texted me. And I, and I had seen this and hadn't gotten my shit together to put it on. So thank you, Junior Potty Mouth, for texting it to me that Justine Siegel, for the third year in a row, is uh, doing guest coaching with the Naranjeros de Hermosillo in Mexico, in the Mexican League, which is why they are my team of choice because of this relationship. So not only is she going to be doing like a guest coaching appearance again, but she's also been doing, um, what do you call those things, like, like, Clinics? Clinics. That's the word. I'm here you're for you. you're the word master. Thank you so much. <laughs> Clinic. These get so difficult every week for girls, for girls in the area. So Justine Siegel. And that area is Venezuela? Uh, no, or no, Mexico. 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 And I, I swear I, I was paying yeah, attention. I swear quite, right. I was paying attention. I am not quite sure where Hermosillo is, but I would venture that it's on the Isn't northern that like part. A- beautiful something yeah yeah definitely hermoso would be beautiful so i think it's probably like very hermoso yeah it's got it's got to be connected to the like pretty (laughs) like nice nice connected to the pretty yeah and naranjeros are are orange pickers so their uniforms are yes orange um but and yet beautiful yeah and yet beautiful exactly (laughs) exactly so so cheers to justine siegel i mean oh my god how does she do everything and cheers to the best intern ever yeah (laughs) thank thank you junior (laughs) potty mouth so now we get to go down to venezuela just a quick update with the venezuelan league last week we talked about how eugenio suarez also a former baseball boyfriend of patty's was going to be starting with the leones de caracas the the capital and in his first at bat, he hit a home run in perfect baseball boyfriend fashion. Is this is it's kind of interesting though that it was his second home run in his experience playing with Venezuelan baseball. He played for three seasons from 2012 to 2015. Uh, it's only his second home run in three hit, seasons. Yeah, and well, this is this is the fourth actually. So those oh. three seasons, he got one home run. And they keep asking him back. And, and That's came, awesome. Yeah, he did something Maybe in between. Maybe he hits for average. Yeah, well, between 2015 and 2000, he's been like you know busy doing stuff up here that I think you know has, like with the Reds. Yeah, and then, yeah, improved his skills and a he, little he bit. Was, he was one of those went to the Marlins, right? Yeah, right. With with, with Jesse, who's now a Brewer. I can't keep track. These boyfriends just move around, so I just can't keep track. Well, you know, once they're not our boyfriends yeah. anymore, they just don't <laughs> stay in one place. Alcides Escobar, who I, I thought was a boyfriend but was not, but I realized that I knew him because he's been on the Nats for the past couple of years, and so yes. we've been paying attention to that a little bit. He's currently a free agent. He is also playing in Venezuela with the Tiburones de Guaira, along that's Acuna's team, who is still playing. He's still in that little bit of a window that they're letting him play there. That window happened to coincide with the home run derby that they had this past Monday night, and Acuna just romped it. He walked away with the title by far, um, and he had beat, among others, William Contreras, who is my former baseball boyfriend from the Atlanta team, who had been the champion for the last two years, which means that Atlanta players have had the Venezuelan home run championship for three years Power going. hitters. So, Power hitters. Yeah, there you go. Uh, elsewhere in Latin America, in Panama, ProBase is almost going to start. It's going to be starting on December 9th. There's only three teams, but the guy that I like to watch is Jonathan Arauz, who has experience with both the Red Sox and the Orioles right now. We'll see where he ends up. 
one guy that you specifically said you were going to keep your eye on, mm-hmm. O'Neill Cruz, because last year with the Pirates, he not only ended up with the hardest hit ball in the StatCast era of 122.4 miles an hour, but also the fastest throw by an infielder in the StatCast era of 97.8 miles an hour. So that just a couple He's a of very strong man. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently his Tall overall season average isn't it doesn't turn your head, but the end of the season he totally ramped it up, which is why you keeping an eye on him for next year makes a lot of sense. But if you want to keep a close eye on him, you can watch him now on the Tigres de Lycée, where he's been playing for seven games so far. His average is 261 with an 835 OPS. He's hit a home run in his fourth game, I believe, and he has four RBI. And when we're thinking about guys that we notice, Wander Suero of Nationals pitching fame is on the same team with him, on the Tigres. Um, Not only are they playing baseball in the Dominican Republic, but Nelson Cruz, also baseball boyfriend extraordinaire from you, and I think he is really like the guy who just is always giving back and always really focused on what he can do for others, and especially in Dominican Republic, he has been um, leading this beach cleanup, which has been happening, I don't know how many years. I know we talked about it last year, maybe the year before. Players for the Planet, they have this batting cleanup program where they clean up the beaches in Dominican Republic at this time every year. So he was there. I saw Robinson Cano next to him. Lucas Giolito went down, which I didn't know of his connection. And I think a bunch of he, other guys. He may but just enjoy a nice beach in the winter. There, yeah. And he, while he's there. Might as well clean up. Might as well clean up. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, I would clean up a beach in exchange for <laughs> sitting here in the cold. That anyway. sounds good. I, but it's interesting that there's there's more attention being put on um, investing into the place where there are a lot of players coming from and when where there are these academies, right, that the, mm-hmm. that the different teams have. And the Seattle Mariners are actually starting a collection and sorting program at their training facilities. So, like, dealing with... are they with collecting and sorting players? The, the, no, I, I think it's, it's like, trash. It's, oh, it's processing. that makes a lot yeah. more sense, and I feel much better about it. Yeah, they need to do some environmental creepy. work. So, you know, if you're going to be having a whole thing down there, one of those training things, then you might as well give the back to the area and, and yeah. Academy. Yeah, those things. Those things. Right? Yeah. yeah. And a, thing. a, a quick um, note on Nelson Cruz. I think we talked yeah. about him a few weeks ago when there was a question about, you know, his numbers weren't all that great this year yeah. as a DH for the Nationals. And there was a question of, do you really want to stay in baseball? And his point was, I need to stay in baseball as long as I can because the money that I make from baseball helps all of these communities because that's what he does with his money yeah you got to look at the his instagram thing with his big floppy hat he just looks so cute of course he does he's adorable of course he does and the moment that we i've been waiting for fucking pitching for the united states for the world baseball classic Woo! we finally have more pitching we like this list it's it's crazy it's like this week just exploded with pitching I kind of thought because it had been so slow and we'd had all these big names come out so early like Mookie Betts and Mike Trout and and JT Real Muto like so many players for the U.S. team and we're like where's the pitching where's the pitching it was a big reveal yeah well and, and, but then they announced you know Devin Williams from the Brewers David Bednar from the Pirates Dylan Tate from the O's Merrill and Merrill Carey from the Kelly from the D-backs and we had talked about that before, and I was like, all right, so there's some decent pitchers, sure, and that makes sense, and maybe, you know, other teams don't want to put their pitchers out there, but 
holy cow, nasty Nestor Cortez from the Yankees. When I saw that go, I thought, that's interesting. Very, And, you know, I don't know what his background is. It's interesting that he's pitching for the U.S., as is Adam Wainwright, which I think is sort of like the Captain America pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brady Singer from the Royals, Kyle Freeland from the Rockies, Logan Webb from the Giants, and Ryan Presley from the World Series winning Astros, their key closer. So the U.S. team is looking absolutely stacked. And I just can't wait for the World Baseball Classic. It's, it's going to be, be very cool. big fun. Yeah. If we're not watching it in Miami, can I just live in your basement with the big screen? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Just checking. Just checking. Hey, so Tampa Bay is one of those places that has been looking, that needs a new home for a ballpark, right? Oh, my God. Does Tampa Bay ever. and Oakland are the ones that are, are like the most in the news about need a ballpark, need a ballpark. Um, if you remember, Tampa Bay sort of tried this dual city approach, like maybe we could share time with Montreal, which had us calling them the, the Tampreal <laughs> yeah. Rays. Um, that didn't go over. That got turned down by MLB because it's kind of a weird idea. I mean, it's innovative. Yeah. But I think they just couldn't see how that was going to work. And it still did not yet result in a new, better um, ballpark mm-hmm. for the Rays in Tampa Bay. So the city is taking bids now for developing the site of the of the current ballpark. So the Tampa Bay Rays and a global real estate investment and development firm together partnered to submit a bid to the city to redevelop Tropicana Field and the surrounding land near downtown St. Petersburg. Hmm. And this is going to sound a little bit like what we talked about with the A's. You know, when the A's are making their proposal for we want this this spot on the port of Oakland. And here's what we want to do there. It's not just the ballpark. So the list is going to sound a little familiar. It's going to sound a little bit like what Oakland was proposing. And this would be a new ballpark, of course. But also, 5,700 multifamily units, which we call apartment buildings, right? Um, 1.4 million square feet of office space and 300,000 square feet of retail space, 700 hotel rooms, 600 senior living residences, which I thought was interesting. I hadn't actually seen that as a, hmm. as a bullet point before. And then um, an entertainment venue, like a concert venue or something with about 2,500 seats. Um, so that was their proposal. So the team and a, and a development and a global development company went in on this. There are three other bids that have gone in for the spot for a ballpark and whatever else they're going to propose. Um, the city's going to make a decision by the end of January who gets the rights to develop this land. So we'll see what's going to happen with a new home for the Tampa Bay Rays. It's got to be better than the old home. And just all these things make it look thoughtful, but it's still Florida. It's still Florida, and, and honest to God, when we watched Rays games, it always sounded like there was way more. There were way more fans for the opposing oh, teams than the Rays fans, which you know they were a pretty good team. Yeah, and if you can't attract, so I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe location. Maybe location's going to help. The old location sucked. The old stadium sucked. Maybe if it's you know, especially with all this stuff around it, like the senior living yeah. apartments, I think are going to sure. make a big difference. What do they count as senior? Are you looking at me like, are we senior? I'm not, I'm not moving to fucking Florida. That's for no. fucking sure. There's you, no way. Not, there are no. not enough F-bombs in the world no. to get you to move to Florida. Oh and I understand God. that, and I'm okay with that. But boy, would we like to visit Florida yes. to see some games. Right. Do, they, or, do they have senior hotels? Like maybe senior? some of those thousands of right. hotel rooms. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll get a little ARPA discount. All right. Do we qualify <laughs> for those yet? I have no idea. I, I, I have I'm no idea. Super, super close. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, this week, I think, is going to be pretty... Pretty calm for me moving forward. I have no 
plans to do squat. Got my Christmas shopping started today. You're so impressive. You did too. Yeah, a teeny, teeny, teeny bit. I need to I need to get organized this week. That's not going to happen. I'll probably okay, just stress out from work and good that's you know. that's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan. But maybe, you know what I, I need to do is start watching a little bit more baseball. Start, yeah. you know, following these guys and lead them. Maybe suck up and pay the $13 and change for for Venezuelan baseball. I think that I could I could swing right. that. I think I need to check in. Yeah, I I I'm just going to have you report back to the class. I can do that. On those things my immediate um action is going to be having mystery soup with the potty mouths. Yeah, fun it's, stuff. It's nice to record later in the day on Sunday cuz you get invited for dinner. Just note to listeners out there if you get invited to <laughs> record with potty mouth, have it later in the day on Sunday cuz um, the the soup's hard to go through squadcast though. You, yeah, yeah that's true. You gotta, you gotta come show in person. Up. Yeah, you gotta show we up. We haven't gotten eye. that updated version of Swadcast with <laughs> the, the soup. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So if um, we're hoping you can try to find a way to watch some winter ball because, as Potty Mouth has told you, it's a lot of fun and you will recognize a lot of faces. Yeah. And you know, live baseball, man, it's actual baseball that's happening, and you know yeah. you love it. You know you love it. If you are interested in checking up on our old boyfriends before we start our new boyfriends next week for the Nationals and Oof. for the A's, please look at past episodes of No Crying in Baseball. Um, if you have friends or family that you think would like to listen to us talk about baseball, we would love it if you would tell them about us. Um, we are available on social media for the corrections department, for suggestions for boyfriends, for for teams. If you have a guy that you think we haven't talked about yet that you want us to talk about, please let us know. And the way you find us is you find Potty Mouth. Yeah, you can find us at Twitter at NCIB Podcast. And, and please definitely DM us. And if I don't answer, do it again because I've been getting so many bot DMs oh, now no. it's since Mr. Musk has taken over the fucking oh, no. place. It's crazy. So Twitter is a little bit of a hellhole. But you know what? You can still find us there. NCIB Podcast on Twitter. And no crying in b-ball. No crying in b-ball at Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to throw us some money, we could really use that at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com com slash no crying and b-ball and i haven't put stuff up there yet but i should find something fun that you really we should can put in there you really should because we to, we've yeah. had some very dedicated folks throwing yeah. us a few bucks to help us break even on the podcast and we appreciate you thank you so much for that so until next week um get your booster so you can go out in public and hang out and not worry and get get it now rather than later because you want to recover for you'll have one day right. of feeling like you have you know, a fever and the flu, and then you'll be great. Do that in advance of the holidays. And I am late on my flu shot, so I, I encourage you all to, with me, let's make a promise that this week we're going to get our flu shot. Please do. Yeah. Please do, for goodness sake. Fight the man. It's the right thing to do. If you're anywhere where there are game balls available, <laughs> please send them to Meredith. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Yeah, I think I think my technique of looking at the sound has held us held us in there. Who, I, I who think needs incorporating more than one of your senses into like dealing with the sound is good. Right. Maybe if you also we smell should, the sound, right? We can we can feel the sound. We can feel the sound. Okay. All right. Wow. Sound looks good. <laughs> the sound does look good. <laughs> it smells delicious. Right. <laughs>